Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs of the video game world. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support our grassroots independent endeavour, hello, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital and join the community. Hashtag and in pocket once again joined by the reigning and one-time fgl grand prix winner the resident referee logan how's it going and immediately to get into it has the wrist recovered people were very concerned about this injury costing gaming time yeah well i was literally confined pretty much to playing football manager because it's the only thing that i could do um with a mouse like holding mm. i tried to play hi-fi rush and that requires <laughs> like like effort need some on dexterity the, on, on your side yeah you need dexterity on your side and i was like this i was like i think to play like 15 minutes and have a break because my wrist was out so i was like i need to put this down for a bit and play something else but um yeah fortunately uh we're back to i've actually been ill this week as well so oh, christ that's been setting me back so the world is conspiring against me um is that but Lon- all good it's that london air it'll get you just felt like crap this week yeah. today's the only day when i've actually felt back to semi what could be described as normal so a bad week for the boy some are saying wow. um but say i did notice on the intro yep. there's a slight bumble yep and I don't know whether this is a sign of progress or a sign of slipping standards. It could be considered both. But back in the day, that would have been a hard reset. Yep. And this nowadays, it goes, nope, gets allowed through, which I think is a positive thing. Oh. But I know that Roddy will be sitting there beating himself up about it. He'll re-record it on his own later. <laughs> yeah. And then no one will know. Somehow. And this will get cut. This will all get cut, yeah. No. <laughs> well, unless it's a massive faux pas where I just completely stop. Yeah. and can't carry on or if some noise goes or even that though i'll just leave in these days that, yeah, yeah that bulldog's usually quiet but occasionally he'll start piping <laughs> up and the only time i feel like i need to go and deal with him is if he's if something's going on i think hang on what's actually going on in that room does he need the toilet yeah. like yeah, yeah is someone trying to get him other than that try and leave it and go i just say let it, let it run Makes it more natural, more realistic. Mm. People like... Unprofessional, people may say. Like <laughs> well, you yeah. could just cut out. You go on the Rogan podcast, they just do the intro and he goes, right. Literally yeah. nothing, just straight into it. But suppose he doesn't really need any promo. No. It just speaks for itself. I remember Colin Moriarty does Last Stand Media now. He, he went on the Rogan podcast twice. I think initially mm. after he got kicked out, kind of funny for that tweet he sent, that, <laughs> that joke tweet. And it was about cancel culture, I guess. Yeah. And the yeah. second time. But he said, literally, you go in there. He don't, you don't, it's not like a green room where you sit there and talk to Rogan. You literally sit in there and that Jamie's there, like, right, sit there, blah, blah, blah. Rogan comes mm. in, says hello, and then they just start. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's no, yeah. like, him getting to know you, which I think is quite a... Uh, I don't know. I find that... I thought it would just be... They've been sitting there talking for 20 minutes beforehand just to yeah. 
blow the cobwebs off, but he just comes in and sits down and starts firing questions at you. Thing is, though, imagine if you were Rogan. Like, you just have to do it that way. Like, it's like a yeah. three and a half hour podcast. Mm. And you don't want to cover the material because some good material might crop up yeah. off, off air. air. So you think, I'm better off just going, hello, yeah. Right, we have to stop go. ourselves sometimes before and in post if we're planning to do yeah. something like talking about certain things it's it's yeah. it is tempting just to sit there for 10 minutes and hash it out and you think well that, that would have made a good conversation so mm. occasionally mm. we have to put the kibosh on that but we are here to talk about the ups and downs um i haven't actually for a rare time sat there and figured out what's going to go on the end of this in terms of game impressions so i'll either do that whilst you're waffling or it'll be you know one of those classic quotes where i'm like well you know more than me audience sort of <laughs> let them have the upper hand got but, the inside track yeah got the inside track is <laughs> one of the uh the best and only railway scoop and rumor newsletters that runs in one of our whatsapp groups but um i don't think we've got any delay news i mean i i'm prepared slightly in some senses but i don't believe we've got mm. any delay news so that's been dropped for the first time in a couple of weeks and we're straight into fgo updates and what for me was one of the most interesting games of the year undoubtedly i just couldn't wait to see how this game performed under the critical eye with all the noise Mm -hmm. going on around it it is of course hogwarts legacy no one else is talking about anything else and for an fgo or fantasy gaming league we're interested in the score that it's getting from open critic at present Sitting on an 85. Now, it was an 86 earlier in the week, so it's taken a little bit of a, a drop down. Nonetheless, a really good score and a solid score for, for the FGL. It's in Papers Grand Prix team, so he's happy with that. And it's also in your FGL showdown team. Taking on mm-hmm. Parky, you've now got three games out, which puts you 25, 255 Sorry to zip. Parky's still yet to get off the mark. But um, I'll just say I'm very surprised this hasn't been crapped on. <laughs> and it's partly for the obvious reasons, but also Avalanche Software, yeah, in my opinion, mm. didn't particularly have a, <clears throat> a great CV to deliver something strong in this space, like an expansive open world RPG. Mm. Let's just look at the, the last few games they've released. Mm. 2017... Cars free, driven to win. Okay. A clean 67 on Open Critic. So that's not doing too well, is it? No, it's not ideal. Disney Infinity 3.0 edition. That was 2015. A clean 81. So better, but not setting the world on fire. 2014, Disney Infinity 2.0. A 71. Yeah. And then before that, we had Disney Infinity, which is 2013. I don't think Open Critic was running then. Mm. So I say all that to say that even just from that perspective, in terms of pedigree, I was thinking, mm. well, it's onto a, it's onto a bit of a crap on because it's it'll be an easy target for for the other reasons as well, which we may get into. But you seemed relatively relaxed about it. I don't know if that's because you had no choice but to accept this game. It's coming out before the transfer window, but. It's come out and it's sitting on an 85. It might drop to an 84 or an 83. But to me, that seems like a massive success given the circumstances that it's kind of been released in. I think from what I saw of it, I remember seeing it early on. And I think we had a discussion about it last year at some point where we said, it looks good, but is it going to be, you know, a bit of a flop? Because it doesn't have the depth that's required of of such a 
beloved franchise. Um, but I think as more content and releases have come out of it, I think it's slowly got a bit of hype about it because it looked like it had the necessary depth that you'd want from the game and quality. And it seems to have largely delivered on that, which is good. Mm. Uh, but it was a bit of a pun. I mean, as with anything that's loved as much as something like that is by so many people, if it doesn't hit the mark, then it will easily just get get crapped on. Pokemon gets a free pass, but <laughs> Harry Potter doesn't, I think, is the, <laughs> the general theme of it. Um <laughs> But no, I think it's pleasing. You know, I think mid eighties is where I wanted it to land up higher, if possible. But realistically, I think that's all it was ever going to get. Um, but yeah, you know, I think fair play to the to the studio. Mm. You know, as you say, they haven't really got been given a mandate like this before. And then, no, certainly not. You know, they've delivered on it. Arguably, an eight point five out of ten can't can't be sniffed at. No, now it's still got reviews to come i mean it's not out of the woods yet it's got yeah. currently 79 ish reviews like i said it started at an 86 for most of the week and has dropped down so it could you know a point or two further the other way as mm. more people get their hands on it and review it um but i guess what's well the whole jk rowling thing obviously was surrounding it as well you know calls mm. for for boycotts and we know that in the in the traditional media outlets that Generally, there's a slant towards more progressive or... I don't use the word progressive because they're kind of using newspeak to... <laughs> like, that's, 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 a, that's a positive word, isn't it? And like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's progressive yeah. if you agree with it, but if you don't, what does that make you? Regressive? Like, it's a clever oh, way aggressive. of... Aggressive, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway, but for the sake of everyone knows what everyone's talking about, a, a left-lean or a progressive type slant is normally put on things in the media. And even yeah. before this was out, there were people from... Media outlets, I'm in our room, people quite vocal saying, I ain't playing that. If it's going to that scab or whatever, you know, <laughs> word they come up with to to, to slander old, old JK for a, what would be seen as controversial view. So I was thinking, well, there's two prongs here. Avalanche Software, don't know what they're doing to a certain extent with something like this. And it's already been teed up to be crapped on because why not? You know, it's a, mm. an easy win. But I'm actually, I'm shocked. I'm almost encouraged that the game seems like it's getting a fair shake based on the product mm. and not the the noise. And I kind of I don't say that to sort of rally those that are super invested in the game, that, that mm. are super invested in the game doing really well to stick up those that are boycotting it or have problems with it. I'm more simply saying that it's good to see many outlets out there analysing the product that they were given and not really letting the noise surrounding it uh, impact their critical assessment and like IGN in particular mm. who have the biggest target on their backs everyone takes the piss out of IGN they're taking a bung here they're shit they don't know what they're talking about like within the mm. enthusiast circle they get crapped on the most because they're the biggest it's just how things work yeah um, but they had the stones to chuck it out get a review done by one of their freelancer writers that they use quite regularly and review the product as a video game and seemingly score it in a critical manner mm. Higher than most as well, so it's uh, it's you know a nine out of ten is pretty, pretty big statement from those guys, and um, yeah, I just didn't think we'd see that. Now some mm. outlets have taken the other approach of not reviewing it or delayed. There were some areas that didn't get codes because the well mm. the suggestion is they had cited that they weren't going to cover it anyway or didn't want to. So WB who published <laughs> it went well. You don't need a code then, do you? And then the, 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 there, was, there was crying about that. It's like, well, 
if you hadn't publicly kind of already made your minds up, then perhaps you would have got a code. But I am surprised for many reasons that this is sitting on there. Obviously, you don't have to comment on all the all the noise surrounding it, but mm. that definitely, in my opinion, was setting it up <sighs> to be an easy let's dunk on the game and whilst we're at it, mm. do some, you know, Activision. Not Activision, activism. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to comment too heavily on it, but I think we do often get wrapped up by thinking that what's put out there in terms of viewpoints are the mainstream. Mm. And I'm not necessarily sure that's always the case. I mean, I think most people perhaps aren't as wrapped up in this progressive view necessarily as perhaps it outwardly appears. And sometimes the word the silent majority is what crops up where it's like, you know, people like that franchise, they're investing in it. And if it meets that, like that kind of ticks all the boxes for them. And, mm. you know, you go back to Lord of the Rings or any of these sort of like, would it, would it taint my opinion of the quality of the films or the product of the franchise? If, if he come out and said something like, not really, like mm. I still think what he's delivered is, is what I want. I, I, I find it odd that there's this kind of, because someone said something they don't agree with, it kind of tarnishes the whole deliverance of a product they've provided. Like, it's such a strange view. Where's the boycott on the Lego sets? Well, <laughs> oh, maybe, just, there maybe there has been. Maybe in the Lego circle enthusiast there has been. I don't know. I don't know. But it's all, it, it seemed all like a bit of a, a storm in a teacup. And you'll get your critics for saying that because they'll go, it ain't because of it. But... If J.K. Rowling's got her, her viewpoints, they're her viewpoints and they're her opinions and how, you know, she's entitled to those. If a company's making a good game around a universe that she created, like, to me, in my mind, they're separate things. But yeah. I saw something on Twitter the other day where someone got a whole sleeve when they were younger of Harry Potter because they loved it and now they're regretting it. And I was like, well, what are we doing here then? <laughs> like, it, it, I just find it a bit bizarre. But yeah. I, I, I am pleasantly surprised it's got the score that it's got i think is where i sit and it's pleasing to see that there are some that are, are sort of judging it based on the product they're given rather than the noise surrounding it which i think is the right thing to do yeah yeah it's uh i, I, I tend to agree with that i mean the poor chap at, who did, did it for ign tiger guy travis has been absolutely just bombarded with <laughs> death threats and all that and it's just like come on guys um, it's just a symptom, isn't it? It's just, it just amazes me how it's like you can disagree with something that someone said, like, and then you can go to a point of hatefully. Yeah. It's like it's such like Schadenfreude to me, or like hypocrisy <laughs> that it's like this tolerance for everything. Like we've got to be tolerant for absolutely everything other than views that we disagree with. Not allowed. At which point, death threats and harassing people and everything are completely it's permitted. Game. It's yeah, yeah, but there you go. What I would say is on e on both sides of any argument, there's I would normally say there's ten percent of people that need to just be eliminated from the conversation. Like they're just nuts. The jobs. extremists. The extremists. And I'd actually expand yeah. it to twenty percent because half the noise coming the next level down is, is mostly nonsense as well. Yeah. And I think most reasonable people that cut that if it's ten ten or twenty percent, I'm gonna say twenty now, less people to deal with. Yeah. Sixty percent in the middle yeah. to deal with uh, the reasonable can see both sides. Yeah, most reasonable people, I think, would sit there and say, "I understand why you might not want to play that yourself." Yeah, for, for for those reasons, I understand that, but I don't agree with you passing judgment on others for doing that or saying that they are now 
automatically a turf if they play the game. All this sort of stuff is just like, no, yeah. I'm afraid that's you're on the 20% that needs to be culled from the conversation. And the word reasonable, I think, is where a lot of people get lost. And yeah. uh, the game's tracking to do very well financially. You know, it's been top of the Steam mm. sales charts for at least four weeks now. And I think they're on to a winner financially and critically as well. It's got its, its flowers as well. So mm. silent majority or what, or whether it's more reasonable people that just think, well, mm. you know, it's a video game. I'm going to play it. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll go with it. In my opinion, it's it's all to do with the, the product. If, if the product itself is being made in bad faith yeah. and, and promotes harmful themes or harmful scenarios then absolutely mm. dig the product out for those themes. Mm. But this game is not that either. The, 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 the reading I've done, the research suggests that it has progressive elements in it, trans characters. It lets you choose to be a wizard or a witch, regardless mm. of what your biological look of your character is. There's, there's gay couples in it. You know, it's got all those mm. kind of elements that you'd expect. And then... You know, you, you can make your mind up whether that's just there for token appreciation or not. I would argue the yeah. other side of it, it's there. It's, it's it's done in good faith and it's there for a reason. Mm. So this actual product doesn't promote any harmful ideas to me, which yeah. is why I, I wouldn't personally have a problem playing with it. Well, I'm not mm. going to because I've got other things on my plate, but <laughs> I'm not put off by the noise behind it. And the critical reception kind of thinks, well, later on in the year, if I find time, that's mm. one to to get involved with. Where do you stand personally on whether you're going to play this game? Because quite a fan, not not yeah. quite not quite got the tattoo sleeve, but been no. known, been known to read the books and watch those films. Adkins has pre-ordered it. That's arrived. He's off playing that, so he's he's going to be enjoying it. And so watch out for those spoilers, is what I'd say. Yeah, I mean it's always a concern with him. <laughs> I mean, it it I'm definitely going to play it. But I don't, I don't see a world that I'm not going to get it. I was just waiting for the runway to be a bit clearer before I jumped into it. Yeah. Um, but I think the one I was just waiting for that critical acclaim, um, which it seems to have got kind of the seal of approval. Yeah. Um, and I'll make my own mind up about. I, 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 just, I just find the game so disconnected from what an author of the book said. Like it's so for me, it's so far removed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the studio that produced it didn't know she was going to say these things while they were producing it. They don't, you know, <laughs> no, they might true. have had certain views internally, and then they're that far down the line that they haven't got a choice anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it is what it is. I think most there are a lot of people that, irrespective of what J.K. Rowling has said, love that franchise. Yeah. You know, Fantastic Beast and everything's done quite well, as I understand it. So, you know, I think, yeah, it's definitely one I want to play. There you go. We'll obviously procure any opinions that we garner from the crew and, and present back with those. Let's get out of the FGL after I just check in on the score. So like I said, you're, you've got a 255-point lead, a, a dream start really in many aspects. Um, no no concerns there, it's sort of bubbling along nicely. Mm -hmm. Parky yet to strike back. In the Grand Prix, <clears throat> let's move Paper up to second. Biff's still top with three games. He's the only man with three games at 226 points. Paper now second after two games of 160 points. Critically, it shows where Biff's two sort of blower sub 70s have come in because Paper mm. with, with with a game behind is only 66 points behind, which is yeah. easily achievable. You know, so that's mm. damaged Biff, I think, in the in the early going, and we'll be obviously tracking people's progress up and down the FGL as the year ticks on. 
Nintendo. Yeah. Normally get criticised on this podcast, people say. <laughs> Not enough Nintendo content. Oh, you don't like it. You hate it. You're critic- they, wow. quiet. they are quiet for large majorities of the year. And they suddenly yeah. go, there you go. You go away. Where's that come from? And they're not and they're not squabbling like Sony and Microsoft are over Activision, so that's they're out the news yeah. cycle there, just sort of sitting there doing what they do. But every year I think we've given them well the last two years especially said, Yep, yeah, they've put out games not necessarily stuff we're playing, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with quietly getting on with your business. No, exactly, just carry but, on. Uh, the simple fact is is the headlines will get discussed. And mm. if you're not really making the headlines what do you want? It, you know, yeah. and I think there's also this thing where it's kind of like when you're turning out so many kind of good games, if you like, you kind of just get accustomed to that. And yeah. You just go, yep, yeah, there's another one. It doesn't really get highlighted as much because they, they sit within that largely within that 80s bracket. Yeah. Um, which is phenomenal, really. When when you actually think about it, it's it's pretty damn good going. No. Um, victims their own success, some might say. Maybe, but I don't think they care too much. They're watching the cash nah, roll in. That's um, what I'm saying. It's like, it's a digital aren't talking about. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I have to cut a lot of stuff from this show. But um, their actual revenue and stuff was a little bit down and whatnot. But they hit some milestones, and, and we got to see some interesting data, courtesy of their Q3 earnings report. I saw them first via Benji Sales on Twitter. but Benji? Oh, Benji. Give him a follow if you like the business side of things. Always got the data. To, uh, to publish, but Nintendo Switch has officially outsold the PlayStation 4 lifetime sales, 122.55 million, compared to the PS4's 117.2 million. So, a nice little milestone there. And this is the this is the real big one for me. The software total to some of these games: Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, 20.61 million copies sold; Splatoon 3, 10.1 million copies sold. Switch Sports, 8.6 million copies sold. Kirby, Forgotten Land, 6.1 million copies sold. Xenoblade 3, 1.8 million. Bayonetta, 1 million on the nose. Like, absurd software numbers there. For I don't even know what to do with it. Like, I, don't, I, I don't even know where to even begin with that. Just clap it like, in. What do you do? Well, that's all you can do. <laughs> Just go, yeah. yeah. Well done. Unbelievable. Doesn't seem to matter, does it? It's uh, they've got something with that switch in particular. People try and rewrite history and say, "Well, they've always been this popular." No, <laughs> no, that we that we you. How many did that sell? Thirteen million for the whole console. They've got games selling more than that now. I'll, I'll tell you what. Someone's sitting there just going, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> I've done this." You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only question I've got is what do they do next in terms of the hardware? Because they had commercial success of the Wii because Nana had one. So everyone yeah. everyone had one. And the Switch is yeah. also trending towards that as well. But they seem to do... We have the commercial success of the Wii, then we flop like the Wii U. The Switch are commercial. So, are we due another... Are we, yeah, are we going to break the pattern yeah. finally? Because what do you do? Do you just do a more powerful hybrid again and say, mm. here's the Switch... Super Switch, it runs things better, you know, well, well, I don't know what they'll call it, yeah. and go with it. Or they try and reinvent the wheel again. I mean, it's a real, it's a, a situation where the people now who are in charge of that have been, they probably weren't there at the start of the Switch. They've inherited mm. this success and now the expectation is, well, do that again. They're like, well, Andy's gone now. 
he's retired, the guy that came up with this. What do we do next in terms of a strategy? The thing is, you've got to say, the games in and, in of themselves have been good. Like yeah. the, the games have been re- they've been churning out. I don't, I don't know. It feels unfair to to say the console hasn't driven that because it definitely has. But I actively find that the Switch puts me off playing yeah. Oh, yeah. games in a weird kind of way, as opposed to encourages me. But I suspect I'm in the in the min- minority of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love just a pure like desktop console that plugs into my TV that really. Mm. Has a bit. I mean, they're never going to release like powerful consoles. I don't think that's their their thing necessarily now. No. I think they've kind of got this niche that they're quite happy with. But I'd love just something that just takes the Switch games to the next level. Yeah. Or will they have? Will they? I, I don't know. I just don't see them going to a sort of a handheld and a plug-in kind of. I think I personally think they'll keep this model, this right. handheld versus docked version. Yeah, which I don't. I don't know. I think the biggest problem I've got with the Switch is it's bloody uncomfortable to hold. Yeah, it's not. I don't find it particularly. I just don't like playing handheld. So that yeah, it's same, a handheld yeah. in disguise though. The Switch because even if you plug it into that dock, it gives you a little resolution boost and nothing mm. else. And yeah, very rarely is there a significant difference between the games. There are a few exceptions out there. Mm. But uh, I would like to see that as well. I just don't think we're going to get there. I think we get another halfway house because we need it to run portably. That's a big market for us. And if you plug it in, you get a little boost maybe. But mm. the, all these games that I keep saying it, broken records time, <laughs> they would be objectively better if they ran at 60 yeah. FPS and all this stuff. And unfortunately, we're not getting that. And uh, I don't know what they do next. I, well, I wouldn't want to be in that position of, to turn up there for work and they say right let's start playing the next phase and you're like well I don't know I don't know the thing is, you're probably looking at it they just go, well, growth as well and you're like well <laughs> what do you mean growth <laughs> just pop just dungeons. maintaining it yeah just maintain it it's yeah. going to be a difficult fucking task but mm. we'll see they <clears throat> gave us some insight into their software coming up for the later on in this year with Nintendo Direct um, I sat through this thing and it was 40 minutes long it's what I find is there's a handful of things in there that are reasonably, you know, semi-interesting, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of what I would consider dross just packed into the 40 minutes. Filler. Filler, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's, it's quite incredible how much they pack into these things and how much of this stuff is actually Switch only. Like, it's a, it's a different market than what the other boys and girls are playing on, to be quite frank. Yeah. But was there anything that you saw in the news rounds that tickled you? Because it wasn't, I don't, actually there was a couple of things that I thought were interesting in terms of release dates and and stuff. But Mm. I wanted to know from your perspective, someone who's probably more detached from the Switch than me, Mm. felt about what was being produced and did anything you think, well, actually I might blow the dust off that Switch later in the year for that? Uh, I mean, there was Zelda, which is piquing my interest just to see what you ain't played Breath of the a, Wild, have you? No, well. not not from a not even from a playability perspective. I just want to see what it's offering. Mm. Um, it, it's never been a, a franchise that I've particularly played, even no. when I was a kid. So, but I thought I'm, I'm I saw that little gameplay trailer, which I think was generous. When they say gameplay, <laughs> it was incredibly <laughs> generous to say that. 
Um, so I wanted to have a little look at that. But it's really the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff that I was like. Right. And then I saw they'd done a, a, one of them bloody shadow drops where they've gone, I think it was Metroid Remastered, but they've gone, here you go. That's out. Go and get that if you want it. That's out now. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was quite cool. That seems to be a little thing that's happening at the minute when they do these showcases. Shadow drops. Shadow dropping them, yeah. Um, I like that, though. It's a little, I like a little surprise. Can't keep doing bit. it, though, can you? This is what I thought. When I saw don't that, keep... I was like, how can they keep this up for? And then when they don't do it, get everyone's going, hmm. I was hoping for a shadow drop. Yeah. Hit you on your toes, though. It does, absolutely. Um, for me, so Pikmin 4's got a release date, which is FGL territory for some. 21st mm-hmm. of July, 2023. Hall will be finally pleased. Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 reboot <laughs> camp's coming out. 21st of April, so apparently Putin's not bombing Ukraine anymore because that's, that's, that can come out now. So that whole... It's all died down. Yeah, that's died down. So that's there's, there's no worries about that anymore. Thanks, Nintendo, for confirming that. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered is probably the one I'm most interested in. I've been... They've been rumoured for ages that they're doing that and people saying it's been ready for a year and they just sat on it. And I'm like, what are they doing? Fuck it. And then they went, yeah, it's ready now. Now, now. And I'm like, well, I'm not ready now. I've got other games in the fucking oven. So I have to carve out time later on this year to go through that. Physical version delayed, though. Well, not delayed. Coming out in a few weeks' time. Don't know why that... Well, I do know what that is because it's shadow drops. And they... Yeah. You start putting things in stores and they start leaking it, saying that's coming soon. And then you, yeah. you, you lose that sort of little, little extra bit. And then obviously Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 12th of May, 2023. The release date there is still lurking. Um, not sold on that just yet. I think the second time I played Breath of the Wild, I was a bit like, this really wasn't as good as what people were saying. I had that suspicion initially, <laughs> but replaying it, I was like, it's just, it just is from a fundamental basics level of combat, just not very good. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sold on that. And again, I need something to really draw me into the Switch to have me sitting there interested. So. I don't know, maybe they'll blow it out late this year and I'll be like, yeah, on board with that. Or the hype will just get to me. And yeah, The hype will get to you. Atkins will be on at you about it and you'll have to crumble. Atkins didn't even like it that much. <laughs> Fucking gets caught up in the hype, that boy. Game, it does. Yeah. Game Boy and Game Boy Advance coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Game Boy Advance only going to the expansion pass, the expansion yeah. pack. So you've got to pay a bit extra for that, which has the Sega and N64 games. I was... Initially, like, oh, Super Mario Land for um, Game Boy. Like, I remember playing that on my old Game Boy. Never been able to finish it because as a kid, that was impossible. And yeah. then I look at the games that are coming, it's Super Mario Land 2. <laughs> Not one. I was like, well. You only get the sequel. What are we doing there? Yeah. They, I, I, they'll add I it, do... but what are we doing there? Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether that's just a, a favourite or I don't know. It, I, I, just I was start never with one, a though. huge. <laughs> it annoys me. They do dart around a little bit sometimes with this stuff. The problem is, I wasn't a massive. I did play it, but I didn't actually own a Game Boy as a kid. So I only played it yeah. on other people's or went around other people's houses and stuff. That's when I used to play it. Um, but yeah, I'm not as steeped in nintendo lore as some of you guys are gotta release that pokemon red and blue and they and potentially yellow that's gotta be in the in the plans like oh, surely yeah. i mean if they withhold that from that i am money printing incorporated will have that down as 
Like that should be sold separately. Leases, but yeah. I don't, sold, th- sold I don't think they. Mm. I don't think they will. They've not done it with any of the stuff, any of the Nintendo Switch online stuff, whether it's for SNES or NES or whatever. Mm. Not a, not a sausage has come. The only the closest thing they had was that Mario sixty four because it's part of that Mario All Stars three D package that they put on sale for eight months only or something. I mean, what? How they get away with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the most absurd things I've ever seen in, in gaming. But generally, 40 minutes of time was okay spent. I don't think it's buoyed either of us particularly heavily. Will Will the introduction of Game Boy slash Game Boy Advances to their various online packages motivate you to go ahead and commit to a, a month or two of that? Or have you already got it and you just might bung it on one day? I don't know if that. No. I don't know it. Yeah. Uh, possibly, just out of curiosity. Um, but I often find with some of this stuff when you go back and play it you go how did I play this that's the trouble with it is it doesn't age as well as your brain thinks it has no um, so I'm always wary of that um, but depending on if they put something on there that really sort of makes you go oh yeah. I used to play that like it could easily tempt me to have a little go of it um, but well, you, can get, just... you can get a year's membership of the, of the base one for like less than 20 quid uh, yeah I'm it... not it's it really but it just sit there 99% of the time, and not get used. maybe more, not getting used, yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, Nintendo doing some good things, some okay things, and finally releasing Metroid Prime Remastered. So good on them. Oh, why has this what? got to come up again? This fucking Microsoft and Activision buy merger shit. I'm done with yeah. it. <laughs> It'll be going on for ages, yeah. I know, I know. That's the, that's the tragedy of it all. It's nowhere close to being resolved. It sounds like at least another at least another six months potentially. Anyway, the CMA, which is UK Pans, they're trying to look after look after us. They said uh, has provision yeah. for markets authority. Correct. Mm. Has provisionally concluded that Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision could result in higher prices, fewer choices, and less innovation for UK gamers. Um, not surprising, this was signalled, this has been signalled for months, really. Like People were mm. like, oh, what? It's like, <clears throat> the FTC have already brought the hammer down. Like These guys were going to follow suit because it's an easy one, so let's jump on. <laughs> They've been the first ones. No, I don't really have much to say about this. I mean, they, they, there's a whole lot of detail about why they're doing it, and obviously you've, it, it, it stirs up people on the unreasonable sides of both the arguments to pipe up. So you've got to cut 40% of the conversation down if, <laughs> if you're flapping around in those circles. You simply yeah. have to. Um, the only interesting thing really was that they focused a little bit more on the cloud aspect of stuff and were saying that giving them access and control more more importantly over um, you know something like Call of Duty, which we've long you know said is important and is a uh, is an exception rather than the rule. Difficult to replicate that. It's an extremely popular franchise. And they had some interesting data in there, which I thought I'd just share, and then we'll just go where we go. Gaming, sorry, cloud gaming market share in 2021. xCloud, which is Xbox, 20 to 30%. PlayStation, 30 to 40%. NVIDIA GeForce, 20 to, 20 to 30%. Google Stadia, 5 to 10%. And you're starting to realise, well, that went down the pan. <laughs> it struggled to get a foothold. <laughs> Cloud gaming market share in 2022. 
So one year on, X Cloud sixty to seventy <laughs> percent. Hello, PlayStation ten to twenty percent. Nvidia ten to ten to twenty percent. Google Stadia zero to five percent. Amazon Luna zero to five percent. So you've got Microsoft who have Azure. You've got Google sitting there with I think just called Google Cloud, and then you've got Amazon with Amazon Web Services. And Microsoft sitting there with a 60 to 70% market share, and those two are struggling to scrape five between them. I could see why someone looking at it from that perspective might go, how much power are these guys going to get in the cloud gaming market? Because they've already got a massive foothold, and they're building up this incredible library of games. If we're talking about trying to um, not let them get a runaway and become like unstoppable in that market, you may want to just pump the brakes, but... Does that interest you at all, those stats about the cloud and, and whatnot? Were you just like, let them, let them have it? Well, I suppose it depends on a load of different circumstances. Like, are PlayStation actively targeting the use of the cloud more? Or I'd argue not. Know, They've stuck it on the highest tier of their premium subscription. So you, so, ain't, you ain't making it easy to access. So it, it things have to be taken in the context of the services that are provided by these companies. The thing is, Microsoft is a technology provider, yeah. primarily. Yeah. So it would be a surprise if they didn't have a larger proportion of that. But I'd go back to the purpose of the merger or the mm. acquisition. Like, Would it... Is that... Like, why... Yeah, okay, it might increase their um, share of cloud services, but not having them as well, they might increase it. But... I'd, I find it a bit of a strange byproduct, mm. like a strange thing to focus in on is the the cloud element rather than just the overall impact. Go on. It's because the cloud element's the place where they're dominant, whereas the console market, they're not. So you can't make the argument that them getting bigger in just a standard console market is harmful because they're in third place. Whereas if you say they're in first place and actually the two biggest cloud providers are also struggling this this of what like what well, so no, is work, no. at work are they like holding the server for my cup like what's that got to do with the price of tomatoes like well you're gonna give them call of duty they'll make it exclusive to their cloud and then they won't be able to be stopped they do you think, know what i mean though they're like, playing what? 4d chess the cma say <laughs> so look at the future don't look at what you got now look where this is going like, I, I just find it odd. Consolers so. future, run by Microsoft. Higher prices, it says here. Fewer choices, less innovation to UK gamers. Nigel would like well, that. Um, if, you know, Phil's a friend of the show. We know yep. that. Um, but it doesn't mean we're not willing to go hard when necessary. No. And I, 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 whenever I look at this merger, like, I'm obviously looking at it with a lens of how can it be detrimental to me. Mm. And I don't think that Microsoft having Activision Blizzard is detrimental to me. If anything, stick it all on Game Pass. What if you're not a Game Pass subscriber? As we know, they're in the... Then what are you doing? <laughs> That's the real question. They're in the minority. We've done the data before. We're sitting, there, we're sitting there in the minority of it all. So we're catering for people that ain't got a brain. Yeah. You can't say that. Catering for the 40% um, on the outside, like I say. So 
I, I genuinely think though, the, if they make certain conditions, like they've been pretty clear, and I genuinely, you know, well, people go, oh, they, you know, promises are worth nothing, and I agree. But when you actually look at it, they did the same thing with Minecraft. Like, mm. how would that be advantageous for them to just strip out all that revenue and not just stick it on anywhere and everywhere? So, and I think that, yeah. At this stage, the CMA has identified the following possible structural remedy. So they haven't said, yep. they've officially found that saying this in its, you know, natively, if we just let it go through, it's armful for these reasons. But they've yeah. come back and said, look, Phil, we were open to you helping out <laughs> on this. And basically what it boils down to is four options. Yeah. You split the Call of Duty business from the deal and it, it operates in its own... <laughs> Segregated uh, business deal. No chance. Oh, hang on. You split Activision Blizzard as a whole with just the Activision segments. So that includes Call of Duty plus all the other titles. Or you split Activision and Blizzard and leave just King, you know, going through yeah, this, yeah, on yeah. this merger, which includes Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. Or you don't do it. That's the that's the four options they've, they've gone to fill with. So basically split it all out or don't do it. Well, Phil's been caught telling fibs in he before and i think his own words are kind of to bite him here not four months ago did they publish a quite in, in, intense and passionate reason as to why they want this to go through and it's for the mobile section yeah so the cma go well you said it's mainly about mobile what's the point in just cutting these two bits out leaving them alone you have your mobile bit and you're done and feels like well hang on <laughs> it weren't about and then you know phil caught with his little knickers in a twist potentially so he may have cost himself by mm. saying stupid things like that it's possible. I, I mean, I think it's. I mean, they're never going to want to split it all out like that, are they? So no. it's basically you ain't doing this. Like, well, yeah, you, if you buy something, it, imagine if you bought something, they went, "Well, we don't like you having all of that, so you can have a part of it if you want." You go, "Well, no, no." Like it's obviously better and it's more advantageous to our business as a. It's you know, it's obviously the parts of it are valuable, but it's the sum of its parts as well. Yeah, like. <laughs> all those things together are what make it such a hugely valuable company. You start taking out elements of it and you, you lose a lot of the value of it. So yeah. I, I, I don't see that being a, a goer. No. Wait. So what are you going to do? Like, act, like acquire it, but not all of it. Yeah. And and I don't even know that's even possible for Activision to do that. Like, the other but surely you'd have to renegotiate the whole price. Oh, the whole price. Yeah, you wouldn't pay the same money, and then that means my my bet I made to to buy shares in flux at the lower price will be gone because it won't go for the same <laughs> amount. So I'll be left capping in with one of my small investment portfolios, annoyed. But that's what that's what will potentially happen. Look, I don't, they're not. I don't see them agreeing to any of those three, particularly the fourth one. So this is mm. going to end up going to the courts at some point, which will protract the entire thing. Mm. Um, potentially, unless Microsoft say, "Well, here's another, here's here's a concession we're willing to make." Call of Duty goes everywhere, and that's it. And then CMA go, "Yeah, mm. all right, we're just trying to play our ball with those four options to start with, but we'll shake hands on that." Mm. Anyway, it's surely got to be done with conditions. Like it feels like that's legally somehow legally binding conditions of yeah keeping things. Basically keeping the status quo, but then you'd probably argue, you'd go, well... Don't matter, got king. Mo the thing is, Xbox still make the money back. They still make the money. Like, they're not going to make more or less. It might it might scupper them to grow Xbox itself, but 
they're still going to make fortunes off the PlayStation players still buying it on PlayStation. Like, it's not mm. like they, it's not like the deal going through and them leaving it as the status quo is an unsuccessful business model. Activision have shown through strong sales that mm. you know you could leave it running and it will do very well for you. But yeah, know. the whole thing. It just goes back to the reason why. Why have they really bought it? Well, is it and really that's for King? They know. Well. It ain't just for King, is it? That's a I reckon it's a no. bigger part than what people think it is, but it clearly isn't for that because I reckon Call of Duty number one. Do you reckon? Yeah. I would be tempted to say King, Call of Duty, Wow, Slope Bridges. Yeah. Like yeah. So you'd be annoyed if you're a Crash Bandicoot team, we're not even mentioning them in this. They're like, <laughs> they're not they're not worth having, well, are they, from that perspective? They're no. not gonna move the needle necessarily. All I'll say is there's a lot of crying going on again because this has come up. Like people crying all the time. There's wailing that this is unfair and all that. This is unprecedented. A deal of this size <laughs> in this industry. Yeah. You ha- Most of these people crying have no legal background or knowledge of <laughs> mergers or mm. antitrust laws. Yeah. Neither do we. So don't be surprised if things hit a few road bumps. Like this is something completely new. This isn't this isn't mm. Bethesda. This is almost ten times the amount dealing with properties that are vital and massive across mobile, PC, and consoles. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can sit there and think, "Oh, I should just let this through." Definitely, without expecting there be some pushback from, you know, the 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 bodies that look at yeah. these sort of things like and they're doing way- it for the benefit of us well, like that's what, ultimately that's what they do under the guise of but it's basically the idea is to keep as be- as level a playing field across businesses as possible it stops domination and monopolies which mm. is a good thing ultimately for the end consumer so i'm fine with all of that um just seems incompetent he's saying it just uh, I, the, when they focus on the on the on the cloud stuff i'm like well is that really way is is that the only evidence that you've got to shed a bad light on dominance and that's why that's getting focused on I just think that's the only thing that I want is some proper clarity on it, but I suspect we won't get it. Well, there's, it's obvious reasons. There's fucking thousands of word reports they've written up for all this crap, so you welcome to read it, but No. No, not doing it. We just pass the uh, As always, it. I need the highlights. Yeah. No, otherwise, you know, you just get slandered. No. I mean, that was barely the highlights, to be honest. There's loads more in there, but <laughs> I'll just go back to it. Like, just think about the amount of money being involved and then don't wonder mm. to yourself why it's getting challenged. And don't take it personally. If anyone should be annoyed about all this, it's me. I've got money at fucking stake for this. <laughs> Invested directly in into Direct investment. Yeah. <laughs> I have to sell the house if this doesn't go for no way. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a divorce. That'd be a real concern. At least this was one of the investments that I don't have any. I didn't suggest it. I weren't involved in the decision making process. I that and this is this is how I see it. I knew I was taking a risk. Yeah. Because yeah. I underst- I knew that this is not a slam dunk, like people thought it was. Yeah. Sometimes so, you have to take that risk yeah, though, didn't you? The well, risk reward. Any investment you put money in is a risk. Yeah. There's no I always say you are risking your money and you go, Yeah, but you won't really blow it for me, will you? And you think <laughs> Can well, and will. Can and will. So <laughs> just calm down. It's all going through the process. It's all very boring really, and um mm. yeah. We'll see if there's any big changes happening in the in the near future. But if not, yeah. we won't talk about it until the next milestone, but just the last thing, sometimes as well, it's worth bearing in mind that these organisations have to also just be seen to have done... To have influenced. 
Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like otherwise if something goes through and then they go, well, what didn't you do anything? And they, they can go, well, we did. We flagged the cloud bit. What are yeah. you talking about? So I think sometimes there's an element of... It's an impossible... Just- it's an impossible task. I wouldn't say task. justifying what... Sorry, go on. Sorry, it's an impossible task because they are mm. being asked to predict the future of the market. Mm. And in this case, they're using a technology that's still in its infancy. And we don't know how widely mm. adopted cloud gaming is ever going to be. Mm. So they're kind of, you know, their job is to look at it now, but also what it might lead to in the future. And no one's yeah, got yeah. a crystal ball. So, mm. you know, the crackdowns will happen. Just, uh, I'll just say, don't worry about it. Unless you invest in in, in Microsoft, and you think it's going to make you some money, then I can see mm. you getting very annoyed if you think this is a part of it. But if you're not, mm. just play the game and shut up. Go and play Wi-Fi Rush, sitting there on Game Pass for you, eh? <laughs> Scoring higher than Call of Duty, eh? Oh. It's got a 90. Insane. Anyway, babbling. Let's go to the next segment. It's going to be <laughs> As Dusk Falls. So Microsoft theme again, Game yeah. Pass. Yeah. I played through that. Logan asked the, hopefully the poignant questions. Can't quite remember. What was asked on that one? That was, that, that was actually a re-record. We did that. Was and, it? An F1 manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so, those are the ones that just went on way too long. Yeah, I think one was like 58 minutes long. It was like, uh, silly. Yeah. That is silly. So you've got about 30 minutes or so of As Dusk Falls. And uh, if you've made it this far, we thank you. Continue listening. And we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Welcome to the DIMP Digital Voicemail Service. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, it's just Biff here. Um, God of War Ragnarok, really, really good game. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, very much similar to the old one, but they've not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing. Um, found the story a little bit more complicated than the last one. Um, Character sort of came and went and just introduced at, the, at a whim. Um, little side note though, I had just had a baby, so I was quite sleep deprived, so that might again not be God of War's fault, but overall just an amazing, amazing game. Great combat as always. Um, definitely a platinum. Uh, yeah, really, really decent. Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out Idle Game Chat. Got apps here. Joined by the resident referee Logan, and I'm here to explore As Dusk Falls with Mr. Logan. I've played through this a couple of times actually. It's a narrative-based game. I'm here to share my opinions with with Logan, the resident referee. He's going to be asking all the poignant questions to make sure this is the best closing to any podcast we've ever done. And much like uh, other recordings, this is actually a re-record. We blew it and waffled too much on this one. And I felt like I may have given away the game a little bit too much as well. So we've returned to to do As Dusk Falls again. And uh, once again, fronting up to that. And now the guys will be hearing this thinking, well, do they, do they ever do anything in one go? But we can assure you, 98% of it is done in one go. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was 99% until we blew that one. <laughs> was all, they were both on one day as well. Yeah. I don't know what we were doing were that day. Yeah, they were back oh, to back. So that, some, there's some uh, sort of, I don't know, maybe we start egging each other on and just start waffling. It can happen. Yeah. We've experienced it on the podcast. It, yeah. If we don't try and keep each other semi in check, um, then it just it just gets out of control, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It wasn't as bad as as the other one, the F one no, that wasn't. we uh, did, but it still was more than more than's necessary, yeah. I think, by by about fifteen minutes, which is it's quite a lot. Know, we're doing this to it. save everyone time. Yes, exactly. We're wasting we're our time again benefit. and then saving you time, but. Yeah, if, we yeah. Can, if we can save you 15 minutes, we will. And that's what we aim to do here with As Dusk Falls. But I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Logan, if you've got any... want to kick things off and get us going. Yeah, so I think there's there's two key things to get them cards on the table, really. It's first, where did you play it? Mm. And then get me that store description. I think they're the two key bits to get a review going these days. Yes, yeah, so As Dusk Falls, I played on the PC, but via Game Pass... I've got Ultimate, so it gives you access to the PC library as well. So it's available on console as well. Microsoft published, or so should say Xbox Game Studios published this. So they've put and in pocket to get this one over the line, and therefore it's sitting on that Game Pass uh, with no financial outlay. If you did want to buy it, it's around 25 UK pans in terms of RRP, but obviously sales and other things, you might better find it cheaper. But it's a narrative game and here's what the, the store page has got to say as dusk falls is an original interactive drama so they've called it interactive drama not narrative focused game so they're getting pissy with people calling it that it seems from interior night that explores the entangled lives of two families across 30 years starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in a small town, Arizona, the choices you make have a powerful impact on the characters' lives in this uncompromising story of betrayal, sacrifice, and resilience. And there's actually about three other paragraphs there, but we don't be needing that. <laughs> Otherwise, we will not be saving people no, 15 minutes. No, so they have to be cut um, short, those store pages, unfortunately. And it's all, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, very rarely really do we glean anything from these uh, descriptions. It's normally just to laugh at them as how <laughs> far from the truth, one way or another, they usually are. But, um, yeah. you know, I guess in terms of where this lands up and from I've briefly, briefly, briefly had a little look at this game when I was browsing the Xbox uh, Game Pass uh, store. And uh, it reminded me instantly of a kind of uh, a Telltale style mm. game, I think. that's. I mean, I haven't played it. You know, my card's on the table. I haven't played it. I haven't seen any gameplay of it. But the, just from the art style and everything and how it's kind of positioned, it looked like one of these sort of episodic style games. So do you think that's a, a fair comparison of what this is? Or do you think, you know, we're talking about something quite different? No, I think the intention is the same. You know, they're delivering a story first and player agency first rather than a hard-hitting action adventure game because there is actually very little input you have into the game. That's one of the things that people absolutely won't like. Those that demand tight gameplay and de de demand gameplay mechanics in the traditional sense are not going to be satisfied with this. I just can't see how they would. But if, like me, you enjoy the narrative side of things, if you like the 
the consequence of your actions, the choices that you make, and being able to go in and experiment and mess around afterwards and replay certain things and just see how big the scope of the game is, then, as Dusk Falls, delivers that. So much like the Telltale games where they were story first and gameplay second and performance third because they ran like Turk most of the time... Um, <laughs> As Dusk Falls is in a similar in, in a similar boat where it puts its narrative at the forefront and your your choices are what are what matters, not necessarily how you make those choices or what you're doing to interact with the world. Um and I like those games. They they're either you either like them or you don't at the end of the day. And I don't think this game breaks any boundaries on, on either side of that. Like you 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 should know by now if you if you enjoy these games or not. Um and that's that's where as, as Dusk Falls in my eyes. Yeah, you've reminded me there about how poor that engine was becoming on those on those Telltale games. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that my brain remembers, but until you specifically call something like that, oh, I completely forgot. So that's a nice little uh, trip down memory lane there. So I guess, do you want to give us a, a... I mean, it's always difficult with these narrative-driven games, but do you want to kind of give us what the premise of this game is outside obviously that description yeah so you take control of multiple characters in this that's important to understand that you're not going to be just one character going through this spanning 30 years as they've as they've quoted there you you'll take control of many characters throughout the the story um and they will be from different perspectives as well they they mention there's a robbery gone wrong so you know for part of the the the, the story you'll take part of people who are just staying at the motel and and then then caught up in this this fucking robbery that's gone going or going wrong you know in in this little in this little motel but then you'll also take control of certain chapters where you'll actually take control of one of the 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 members of the robbers so you're kind of in their shoes and you get to understand their perspective their struggles and whatnot so in terms of 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 that kind of that that narrative arc that's that's what you're you're looking at and i won't say any more but you just know that there is a, a very... They've done a really good job with characters in this game, making these people feel like genuine people. Solid voice acting, decent script, and you're, you, you really do feel like you have agency and impact in this world as you decide between doing X, Y, Z, or something in between. There really is that... That, that nice layer where things feel nicely stitched together no matter what path you go down. And having played through it twice, so I went through one playthrough, did a completely opposite playthrough, you know, some of the core decisions and dialogue options, the outcomes are significantly different as well. So it's got that in there. It's not like this thing where the illusion of choice and consequence is there and actually you get to the end and everything's the same. This is, no, they've, they've branching paths that stay the course during certain parts of it and you know I've, I've done two polar opposite playthroughs is actually in between several options as well where you could fall so it does have a lot of lot of that kind of the stuff that i think makes these games special in that you, you no one's playthrough will likely be the same because there are a lot of characters and a lot of outcomes that can be gleaned from this it's often the criticism that i've got of narrative led games is that they do just give you an illusion. Yeah. They don't, you know, and we've exposed it before when we've done, um, you know, the Game of Thrones one, I think was a prime example yeah. of where we kind of exposed the, the shallowness. Sir of Royland. The yeah. 
Um, and I think that is always in my mind. And there's some other games as well, which I wouldn't say are specifically narrative-driven, but make you feel like, oh, you know, kill this person or don't. And either way, yeah. it's a, you know, it leads down the same path. So It's tricky, it's though, good. isn't it? Because yeah. if you just play for it once without the knowledge that you sometimes glean from looking things up, then you would never know that it was an illusion. And so, therefore, it's difficult sometimes to criticise them. Like if you just did your, say we use Game of Thrones, your playthrough, never spoke to anyone, you'd think, oh, yeah, well, I had a lot of agency in that. And it's only in me coming along saying, well, I did X and I ended up with Y as well, that you're like, oh, that wasn't as, I didn't, I didn't have much as a part to play in that as I, as I thought. And yeah, but I, I, I feel like most people, uh, whether it's as, you know, people talk about TV series and go, well, what do you think of that? Because most people are watching the same TV series. True. Most people that play games will have friends also. Will they? Within their friends the group. Well, you, well I mean, you'd expect friends. it. It's like even in Assassin's Creed, there was something where I asked you about, oh, did, yeah. that, did, you, did you kill that person off or whatever? Like, I always think, you know, it. you're going to talk about it. So the idea that... Um, the idea that you're not going to, or that it's not going to get exposed, is surely a, a nonsense anyway. Davey makes um, an appearance for the first time on the yeah, podcast. There he is. Blurred out. <laughs> Come to check on you and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a fair observation that really does it really matter. But I think, mm. I think it does in specifically narrative-driven games. Like, yeah. If they if, never, if they position it that way. Play. I think it's yeah. how it's positioned, isn't it? If it yeah, is, yeah. your choices matter, and you're like, well, do they? Yeah. You know. And it's like, because it, then if you find out that your choices do actually matter, mm. I think it ups the stakes. It's always the stakes like that make it yeah. uh, interesting or, or engaging. I think if you feel like the stakes are low, then your choices become more blasé. Yeah. The choices become I, less important. So I, I do think we're quick to criticise, though, because I think in general, if we looked at how our games in Game of Thrones ended up, they were quite different. Just the the events still took place regardless of what we did, and I guess that's yeah. sometimes where, the, where the problem is. Like who, like a big decision of like who lives and dies in that game. We probably had different. We did have different outcomes, which is quite a big big moment. So it kind of ticks the box from that perspective. But I guess it's just sometimes when you feel like you're on this rail of I'm always we're always going in the same direction, and the 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 ending kind of sequences are the same. I guess that's where what pe- gets people's backs up, but. There are only so many things they can do with that. I think it's because it makes you feel like all the decisions are that important. Yeah. Like, and then it turns out that they're not. I think that's, you know, one of the things that that can grate on me. But maybe that's not a bad thing, you know, because it's up in them stakes. But I guess broadly, I just like the idea that that at least in some points you can have wildly different outcomes. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it it it, it sort of folds out but then it always sort of ends up yeah coming back to the same point it's if that you diamond could have... approach isn't it where you start at yeah. the same point you fan out and then you come back to the same point whereas getting back to us dust falls that's not the case it kind of fans out and stays mm. branched out it doesn't like go completely mad but honestly the, the the difference in outcomes for characters from one playthrough to the next was quite it's quite jarring. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Well, I can't believe this is actually that that different." That's really impressive from that perspective. So, yeah. So I think that's obviously one of the the really good things about the game. What else, if anything, you know? Did you? Did, I mean, did you like the art style, for example? Because that that could be 
very yeah. uh, Marmite, I'd call it. The art style is definitely controversial. I, I, you can see a lot of talented people have spent time building it and developing it and drawing it in this way. Um, but uh, ultimately, there's no way to, to, to say any, anything else. It will turn people off. I'm quite tolerant of things like that, the games that look different or feel different. It's particularly in narrative-based games, but I can see people that just look at this and won't want to play it. Adcock's a perfect example. Put it on, couldn't get into it, dropped it oh, before really? finishing one chapter. And he's quite into these narrative-based games. Mm. I will admit, it took me probably two, two-ish chapters to kind of get into it and focus, because it was distracting to start with. Mm. And then what compounds it really in, in, that, in that area is that you've got this odd, not odd, but you've got this this unique-looking game that kind of nothing really looks like it, but it's not really what we're used to. And then you plug in the kind of the lack of engaging gameplay moments, and then that kind of disconnects you further in, in some aspects. As I said, I'm tolerant and able to get over these kind of hurdles. I just mm. bring them up because I know that people looking at it and playing it will be like, oh, and that's, that's a valid stance to take because I understand that people want different things out of their games and whatnot because it looks a bit strange looks nice but it looks a bit strange just to be frank and then when you come to play it you're kind of just doing quick time events point and click and that's it you don't have any character movement you don't explore areas you're you are fundamentally making a lot of choices a lot of dialogue choices which plays into the narrative side of things plays into that agency we talked about but Mm. won't keep all people hooked, and I think that's always kind of the the balance of these these narrative based games. So, you think there's anything else that is kind of key in terms of things that you didn't like about as dust falls? It's tricky because obviously there are. I think overall the 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 story itself is good, really good. The characters are very good. the The way that they they intertwine and then how they impact on each other is very good. But there's definitely a, a feeling of not being totally satisfied once I'd completed the game, once I'd finished my playthrough. And then even doing a second playthrough thinking, well, I'll get a different outcome because I'm doing something very differently. Maybe that will kind of expose that, that missing piece that I'm looking for. But no, I had the same, the same issue when I came to the end of it. And that's kind of the main main drawback for me is that there is a there's a, there's a bit of an empty empty conclusion of, of, of when I played through it. I felt like ah they, they perhaps could have been and should have been more here the way they've they've kind of done that. So most of the game is really well done. Most of the, the story threads are all got their you know, their conclusions based on your, your decisions and what you've been up to. But there's still things that um I don't know what's happened and it's kind of like, you know, the the game needs a sequel almost at this point and you you think well in one in one you know in five years if there is a sequel it won't matter but if one never arrives i'm still gonna be sat here scratching my head you know years later wondering what's what's occurred there so that's that's the main other drawback for me and that's that's a drawback that i agree with i don't necessarily think this the art style puts me off it was difficult to get over but i got over it and the lack of gameplay moments i mean that's just the a general thing for for narrative based games and I, I can get over that i'm happy with that but that unsatisfactory empty kind of feeling towards the when i when i'd concluded both my playthroughs i was like yeah we we could do with more of this and there's no guarantees we'll get more and that's a, a bit of a problem in my view when you kind of roll the dice like that 
Yeah, I think it's like you know one of one of those tell, thinking about one of those Telltale games not ending, yeah. not ending properly would be mm. you know the way that they these narrative games build it up. They build it up to a crescendo that you're then you know anticipating, and if that doesn't hit the mark, then that in my view can really sour the whole yeah the whole experience because that's what is that's, that's the moment you've been playing for that's kind of the end game yeah um so i guess if that doesn't materialize or doesn't materialize in a satisfactory way that that you know that's that's a really key part of the game to what you said you can kind of overlook the lack of gameplay or the art style or other bits if that core element is is there and hard hitting and and sort of ticks all the boxes there but if it doesn't mm. then fundamentally you could argue it kind of doesn't achieve the basics of what it should be ticking off um yeah so i can understand why that's uh, a pretty a pretty big negative for you yeah it's it's a bit of a blower but having said that there are there's definitely a great story to be had here in, in, mm. in most parts of it. Um, and it's it's one of those things where ultimately you kind of say, well, it's greater than the sum of its parts in that sense because mm. the journey throughout was was mostly high and, and positive. So it does have, yeah. it does feel worthwhile. It's just that there's, a, there's an emptiness there. And um, I guess what really kind of helps bring the game from a narrative perspective and from a replayability and, and experimental perspective is this flow chart they've got at the end of every chapter, which shows you the decisions you've made and then shows you the other decisions you haven't made that are, you can't see what they are, but you can see the, the branching paths. And then you can go back and choose a moment in that chapter and say, I want to play from here and do something differently and explore the branching path. You can then create a new save on top of that you can play it and not overwrite your current save or you can overwrite your current save so they, they've really this is the most detailed attempt i've seen at this i think quantic dream mm. did it with um what was it called detroit become human which was a good version of that you could you could see all your choices and how they branched off and be like oh because i did that that was that's why i went down that path Mm. This takes it a step further and it's got more of that. It's, it's a more in-depth kind of flow chart and branching path, you know, for you to, to go through. Um, and you can specifically go to moments to go again if you if you, if you you wish to do that. And it really does expose, I don't mean that in a negative way, but exposes the design of the game. And if it's not strong and they've got their bollocks out standing there, <laughs> cock and bollocks, I would say, mm. saying, look at this, what do you think of that? It's brave, because if it's not up to standard, you'll go, well, what's that little thing doing there? Yeah. What yeah. are those little fucking coconuts doing? Those, whatever they are. Whereas they're standing there proudly with a lovely package, in all honesty. Yeah, they are. And they know it. Yeah, they know it. They go, yeah. Like a tripod and go, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> they are. They go, scrutinize that. And you go, well, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You've, you clearly have thought this through. And seeing it mm. on paper is astounding and then obviously when you go for your second play for it it fills in more of the gaps and then if you want to you could start fucking about doing what i was saying going into certain yeah. areas and saying oh I wonder what happens when i do that and, that, and that's what people some people want in these games they want to keep going in and just finding out every little detail and the game facilitates that shows you that and communicates it in a way that's very easy and most other games do not do this a lot of other narrative games want to hide how the decision making is made because ultimately as we may have discussed earlier sometimes it's a little bit shallow and a little bit binary 
This mm. does have shades of grey, and you can see the shades of grey and the paths going up and down and down here and up over there. And you're like, oh yeah, you can you can hit all this throughout a number of decisions made, not necessarily just the path of one or two. There's all this mm. tangled up mess that you can explore. So super super impressive on that front. That's the best I've seen from a narrative based game. It's not something I generally go in and, and mess around with, but. I had to just fiddle a little bit just to see how it operated. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is really intuitive and going to be really helpful for people. I think it's natural when you play these sorts of games. You, you know, You're curious, you do aren't you? Things. Well, you, I think like you do in life, you do things you think, oh, blown expecting... <laughs> well, you do things expecting a certain outcome and ultimately sometimes it doesn't materialise that way and you go, well, what have I had to have done to get the outcome yeah. that I wanted or expected from this then? So it allows you to... I guess indulge in your innate ability you, things that you perhaps in in certain decisions that you've made in real life that you'd like to rewind and try again and it actually allows you to do that to go okay well if I'd have done this and followed that path how hey how may have how things may have played out yeah in a different way and it it allows you to indulge that curiosity which to your point is something that you don't you know, you could do that in a Telltale game, for example, but you'd almost have to go and either create a save prior yeah, to that point, go for the whole thing again, play do the chapters. whole thing again. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's so, maddening for some games having to go back and do things mm. and like just see how things pan out. And then sometimes you'll do it and it doesn't change a damn thing, and you're like, "Well, yeah. what's going on here?" That's a waste of my time. Yeah, yeah. whereas because it's it's communicated on the flowchart, you can see it either does mm. something or it doesn't. So yeah. immediately there, if you want to go to the key parts and just have a little tweak and a fiddle around, yeah. it gives you everything you need, all the tools you need to go and explore and, and do what you need to do. So absolutely yeah. a, a positive for the for As Dusk Falls. Yeah, I think that's a really nice little addition. Uh, is there anything else key that you think that we haven't discussed that's pertinent from, from your playthrough? Um, I don't think so. I mean, other than just saying that one of the few times that having a second playthrough is well worthwhile. Like, absolutely, absolutely is worthwhile. Um, and that you probably would, would have understood that from what I've said already, but I wanted to make a point of that because the, the difference is astounding. <laughs> it's really, yeah, yeah like it's, really good. It, you can go down a completely different, you can go off almost, if you went down the left, you can go off down the right. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's a good point. So in that case, then, we'll do our usual trip. I don't think we've come up with a road name yet. Maybe we need to come up with a road name like Dimp Avenue. Okay. Oh, I don't know. That might need some work. But What do the um, Rockies you say? They know your old boulevard, so Dimp, <laughs> Dimp Boulevard, something like that. The Dimp Smack Boulevard. I'm going to go down the Know Your Old Boulevard, check into the Smackdown Hotel, and then... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know at what point we're going to extend this universe out because no. it, it, you know, it, no. it, it's it's a bit dangerous. Yeah. But, um, it's going to get like bloody think, Marvel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll come up, we'll pull up outside the the gallery, and yep. you know, ask that initial question of, do we even get the keys out? Get them keys out and get that door unlocked. I'm thirsty yeah. for that champagne anyway, but yeah, this is going complimentary. In there. Yeah. So, the patrons, uh, okay. Well, oh yeah, it's only and Twitch members and in pocket, yeah. yeah. And you get you get the perks. Get your pres- so, you get champagne uh, or prosecco, though. Well, if it was paper, it'd say you'd rather have that prosecco. Mm. And arguably, for the for the balance sheet, we probably should do prosecco as opposed yeah. to champagne. Um, Seems more Essex maybe if, as well. 
Well, if we get more subs and uh, and patrons, then it's possible it could be. It's in the audience's yeah. hand. If they want champagne, need more of you. So yeah. tell a friend. Exactly. So that's that's the that's basically the premise. Is if we've got the money, we'll do it. Yeah. But uh, so we're in we're in your personal exhibition. Yes. So where does as as dusk falls land? So bronze. As dusk falls goes in that bronze category. Yeah, because look, it comes with all those positives that I mentioned, but has that has some baggage as well, which prevent it from reaching its full potential. Um, and there are many of those hurdles for players to overcome, whether it's lack of engaging or thoughtful gameplay on top of the artistic style that isn't quite for everyone. And like I said, you might leave the table as well, not being completely full from a from a narrative perspective. But I think it generally delivers on its mission statement. You know, narrative-based game, what do they call it? Interactive drama, they've wrote here. Engaging characters, tick. Compelling story arcs, tick. Mature themes, tick. Real choice and consequence, tick. And then the Brucey bonus is that, that sort of full transparency and freedom that's afforded to the player to go back in and comb over your decisions and see how the game's put together. And you've got the freedom to jump in and truly experiment for once uh, with one of the best systems that I've seen in a, in a narrative-based game. So, you know, it overcomes the, one of the, the big pieces of baggage with, with all those elements I've mentioned. But um, again, caveat it by saying these games aren't for everyone. So again, you, you should know by now if you've been playing knocking around these sort of narrative-based games, these interactive dramas, as us does Falls wants to be known as. And this will not change your mind either way. We're either going to want to enjoy this and, and get over, hopefully get over some of the issues, whether it's you know gameplay or art style, or you're not, and this won't change your mind. But I enjoyed it. Sits there proudly with its bronze plaque. Yeah, I think you've done a nice little summary there. Uh, you know, I don't think I need to add more to that. The one little thing that I would Come end it through. on. Do you? Yeah. Well, no. I, you know, I mean, I, I usually label that the dumping ground, but we won't go into that. <laughs> um, try and give them a little poke for it. Just saying, it's just an easy get out. But yeah. um, no, I think is it fair to? Is it? You know, would you say that people who have enjoyed, you know, playing Life is Strange or playing. The Walking Dead, or those Telltale games, would you'd likely expect enjoy this game, or do you think it's different enough that you think don't use that as the as the I th- gauge? I think this, you should be guided by those, those experiences if if you have afforded you know the time to play them, because mm. ultimately the the satisfaction that comes from those games is choice, consequence, mm. story, characters, etc. Now, Life is Strange is always an interesting one because that play that always feels like it plays one of the, on the better side. You wander yeah. around, there's puzzles, there's kind of free form engagement with characters in certain points. You know, you're picking up things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And another example of those is is Supermassive and the stuff they've done with the Quarry and uh, the Dark Pits them pictures anthology they are probably the the gold standard when it comes to gameplay mechanics and it's really mm. like do you how much do you need that element of it do you need to feel yeah. like you're sounds stupid do you feel like you need to, you're playing a traditional game like wonder- i always thought they were surplus i always thought that well, you know even when i was playing the, the telltale ones i was like yeah. do we really need to be doing this no you, you don't need to be doing it absolutely mm. not but 
let's be frank, if a game comes along with the level of depth of As, as Dusk Falls and then plays as well as God of War, yeah, yeah. then you'll be like, oh, hang on. That's then a new standard Game changer. I've yet to mm. see it. I've yet to see that, <laughs> to be honest. I've yet to see the choice and consequence go that far. And mm. to be frank, maybe some people don't want that in their action games either. I think there's. Mm. I think it's fine to have these lanes of, here's what we're yeah. trying to do, here's what we're going to focus on, we're going to make that part of it good. If you want to play an action game, don't come here. But if you want to mm. do a narrative-based one, we've got you covered. And I think that's fine. There's a little bit of bleed over with some games, like Assassin's Creed does have choice and consequence throughout it and is a an action game. Um, but not to the, I mean, the story's not comparable. It's like, it, maybe one day we get to the stage where this is all tied in, but I still think people would get bogged down in it. Like people who want to play an action game complain about cutscenes and other things and storytelling. So yeah. it's like, there are games that are targeting for different audiences and trying to do different things. Let them have their space, let that niche or however you want to describe it, have their games and leave them alone i'll happily go off and play these games when they pop up and i've yet to come across many that i just fundamentally don't enjoy so maybe caveat that in that i'm always going to be pro interactive narrative dramas or whatever they want to be called because i i find them not relaxing because some of the choices you make you think christ but i do just enjoy of an afternoon just sitting down and banging a few hours out on these type of games so definitely something i enjoy and, and probably will continue to enjoy for the foreseeable future there you go job done do you want to uh locked in locked in as dusk falls a nice bronze in the gaming gallery if you've enjoyed the show thank you you can leave a review on itunes i'm told i'm told you <laughs> tell people to do that and i don't use itunes so it seems counterintuitive for me to, to say that but that's apparently what what helps so chuck a review in there at five stars and say look we want to get these boys to get in champagne not prosecco maybe that'll claw a few other people in but obviously we thank you for the time you have spent whether you were listening or watching nothing more for us to say here though other than thanks for your time and ta-da This was a Dimp Digital production.